When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews Podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews, author interviews and book reviews. Well, here we are on a Friday for five questions in five minutes. And who have we got on today? Let me tell you. First of all, we have got Mark Dawson, who's talking to us about his latest book, The Red Room. Gosh, love that book. Oh, and also we've got Fulton Ross talking about his book called The Unforgiven Dead. So let's get started and let me read you the blurb of The Red Room. Private investigator Atticus Priest is asked to investigate after a man falls to his death from the tower of Salisbury Cathedral. But when a video is sent to the local newspaper showing the deceased man engaging in a compromising act, Atticus realises that there's much more to this case than he initially thought. Is it blackmail, suicide or murder? I love these books so much. I listen to them as audiobooks and they're brilliantly narrated. Really enjoy it. And let's go and talk to Mark now. Well, it is my huge pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, Mark Dawson, to talk to us about The Red Room. Mark, welcome back. You've got five questions in five minutes. Are you ready? Uh, absolutely. Your first question, can you summarise The Red Room for us? Yeah, so The Red Room is the third book in the Atticus Priest series, which sees Atticus, my investigator, Mac Jones, his kind of girlfriend slash ex-boss in the police, investigating the death of a man who falls from the Tower of Salisbury Cathedral. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Your next question, who would this book appeal to? Who should be reading it? If you like kind of twisty mysteries, you know, addictive reads, books that you'll struggle to put down. And if you like characters like Sherlock Holmes and you enjoy seeing realistic characters with flaws trying to negotiate their their lives together, then this will be the kind of book that you'll enjoy. Excellent stuff. Your next question. What do you want us to feel as we're reading The Red Room? I want you to... to think I really hope Mark's written a fourth book or why haven't I read all of his other books something along those lines would probably be what I'm aiming for there we go yes well I suppose it's true as well okay your next question might be an obvious one but I'll be interested in your thoughts can you give me your favorite major but also your favorite minor character in the red room well I mean the favorite major character is probably Atticus because yeah he's he is the, the detective. He drives the story. He's a bit arrogant, 
but you know he's also brilliant so he, he's a fun character to write and hopefully a fun character to read about and the favorite minor character is probably his dog bandit who is i you know i get e- emails from readers who thank me for including a dog in the book and he is very my dog is actually under the table somewhere so I have a, a German shorthead pointer called Scout who oh. you, you might be correct in suggesting that, that the two are kind of very similar. Yeah, I'm always glad that Bandit has someone nice to look after him when Atticus is away. That was that's very it good. Does, yeah, it is actually as a you know, thinking about it as a dog lover, a dog owner, and, and kind of making sure that it is constraining because Atticus obviously goes away and does things. He can't always take Bandit with him. So I had to think about somewhere that he could be left where he'd be happy. So that was, there's a neighbor upstairs who, who tends to look after Bandit when Atticus is out solving crimes. Yes, we're very grateful for him. I mean, it's fair to say as well, Atticus, like myself, is a bit on the bit neurodiverse. He's a bit neurospicy. Was that something that you wanted to yep. include? It was, yeah, and I wanted to get it right as well. So I, I have some, I have a team of readers who have been with me for a long time, usually with my Milton series. So they'll they'll get the books before they're published, and they will tell me the things I've got wrong. Sometimes I, you know. I'm quite careful with research, but if you don't know you need to research something, then it's you, you don't know if you've got it right or wrong. So, but with with Atticus, I I knew that he was on the spectrum, and I wanted to to write that authentically and sensitively. So there's a couple of my readers also on the spectrum, and they were able to kind of tell me some things I might want to change. You know, it's things like we don't want his his autism to, is not a superpower. It's it's part of his character, and so we wanted to make sure that it didn't read as if he has some kind of inbuilt advantage. But it is something that he has it has its benefits and it has its its problems, and so we just wanted to make sure that that was written in in a sympathetic way as possible. Yes, it's just part of him. It's not a, he doesn't yeah. go into a telephone booth and suddenly change into a Absolutely. costume. Absolutely, yeah. Well, we come to the last question, and when we last spoke, we were talking about biscuits. Your favourite biscuit was the biscotti. This time, it's what drink was powering the writing of The Red Room. What do you drink when you write? Uh, A lot of coffee. So I drink a lot of coffee and I drink a lot of Diet Coke. So that probably tells you all you need to know. It's it's, it's caffeine for me. Without it, I'm hopeless. So, yeah. (laughs) Are you taking your coffees with milk or just plain black? Get the caffeine. No, I, I have a, I've got quite because I drink quite a lot. We have a nice coffee machine in the house, so I have a double espresso with, with kind of, kind of flat white, I suppose, fairly with a bit of froth in there as well. So it keeps me, keeps me going. Well, we need more Atticus priests, so keep drinking them, Mark. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, Mark Dawson. Thank you so much. Thank you. Splendid. Let's jump on to the next book, The Unforgiven Dead by Fulton Ross, and let me read you the blurb of this one. Sure as the tide against his highland shores, the refrain beats into Constable Angus McNeil's mind. For years it has haunted him, accompanied by the faces of those he could not save. The burned man, the strangled woman, the drowned boy, all witnesses to a secret he cannot share and a gift he now refuses to embrace. You could have saved her. The refrain drives Angus to the seashore at dawn, where a girl lies on the unblemished sand. She wears a green cloak and cradles a highland voodoo doll. She has suffered a ritualistic threefold death, her head bludgeoned, her throat cut and symbolically drowned. More will die unless Angus does what he must. Close his eyes and see. (gasps) And let's go and talk to Fulton now. This is my huge pleasure to welcome back to the podcast Fulton Ross, whose book is called The Unforgiven Dead. Fulton, welcome back. Are you ready for five questions in five minutes? Yeah, I'm braced for them. Let's go. 
<laughs> right, let's see if you can do this. Your first question, can you summarise this book for us? The Unforgiven Dead is a dark, supernatural, ground, very grounded supernatural detective story set in the West Highlands, and it follows the story of Angus Du McNeil, who is a cop with a painful secret. That secret is that he is a Taisha, which is Gaelic for someone who has second sight. But rather than a gift, this is a curse he's had to bear since childhood when he saw his mother's murder before it happened. And in order to prevent more murders happening, he must embrace this dubious gift. What a great summary. Thank you very much for that. Your next question, who should read this? Who would this book appeal to? Although there is a supernatural element to this, it's very grounded. So I think this would appeal to any fans of Tartan Noir. It's not a horror novel. It's not fantasy. It's inspired by folk tales and things like that. But it's very much a contemporary crime novel that would sit comfortably in the same shelves beside Val McDermott, uh, Christopher Brookmeyer, Peter May, these kind of guys. So yeah, anyone of a crime disposition. Yeah, it should jump in. Okay, your next question. What do you want us to feel as we're reading The Unforgiven Dead? Although it's a dark, twisty book, there's sparks of humour in there as well. So I want people to not to feel, I want them to really want to come home from work and think rather than watch Netflix, rather than watch something in the sky, just to sit down and cuddle up with this, with a, with the fire on and a wee dram. That's what I want people to feel. <laughs> Perfect. Do we get the fire and the dram as part of the book or do we have to pay extra for that, Fulton? <laughs> I do mention Talisker whiskey a lot here, so I'm hoping that they're going to approach me and offer me cases of Talisker. And yeah, if that happens, I'll gladly share some. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give us your favourite major and your favourite minor character in this book? Sure. My favourite major character is, it's not probably not the main character, it's probably Gills, so Dr. Gillespie Bermardo. He's a folklorist and academic, he's a mild-mannered, genial kind of guy. And he's just the kind of guy that I would love to sit and have a dram with. He's interesting, he's avuncular, he's fun. Yeah, he's probably my favourite character. And he was very easy to write as well. So that, <laughs> that made him very likeable. <laughs> Minor characters. Angus's boss, Inspector Stout, um, he was fun to write as well. He's kind of gruff. And doesn't really, he hates the fact that there's a, there's been a murder in his patch and it's the major investigation team that are leading it. And he's sidelined, but actually he just wants to go fly fishing all the time. He doesn't, he's, he's six months out from retirement. So he really doesn't, he really, he's just hates the fact that this has happened at this time and he can't just go fly fishing. And yeah, he's always trying to get Angus to, to investigate these really minor crimes when Angus has actually been, he's actually part of this major investigation team investigating the murder. He, Inspector Stout's just dying for him to just focus on these sort of petty crimes. <laughs> oh, that's great. Did you get pleasure from developing all the characters? Oh, hugely, yeah, yeah. I think it's characters that they're the characters that have got good lines and are amusing. That's the characters that I really that I really liked writing. The other characters took a bit of soul searching, likes of Angus. He's quite tortured and yeah, he was quite difficult to write. But then you have characters like Ewan, who's also quite a tortured character. But then you balance this out with other characters who are maybe a little bit more amusing. Inspector, uh, Detective Chief Inspector Crowley, he was great fun to write. He, he's this kind of rock star of a, of a detective and he's got great, some great banter, some great one-liners. So yeah, he was a lot of fun to write. <laughs> Fantastic. We come to the last question. And in your previous interview, we were talking about biscuits. This question is about drink. What drink was powering the writing of The Unforgiven Dead? So I do a lot of work in cafes and I think it was, 
I must have spent a fortune in cappuccinos over the course of writing this book, over the six or seven years, however many years to write this book. I just dread to think how many cappuccinos I've had. If I was writing it just off an evening, it's not a great idea to mix alcohol and writing, I don't think. I don't think it really produces great work, but if I was, I would definitely be having a wee dram. It would be a Talisker. That would be my drink of choice. So is your local cafe encouraging you to write as much as possible so they make money from your caffeine consumption? I think so. I think they should really just take out shares or I should take out shares <laughs> because, yeah, I'm in there an awful lot. They just don't see me coming. They get the, they don't even speak to me anymore. They just put my cappuccino on. It's just wonderful to talk to you again and to hear more about The Unforgiven Dead. Fulton Ross, thank you so much. Thanks, Philip. It's been great fun. So those are your two books. Let's just have a recap. We've had The Red Room by Mark Dawson and The Unforgiven Dead by Fulton Ross. I'm going to send you on your way. I hope you're okay. I'll be back on Monday with more Waffle with a longer episode and next Friday with another two lots of five questions in five minutes. So just look after yourselves and I'll see you very soon. Take care now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. 